You can support Geek Therapy and gain access to exclusive content by becoming a patron at patreon.com slash geektherapy. Welcome to GT Radio on the Geek Therapy Network. Here at Geek Therapy, we believe that the best way to understand each other and ourselves is through the media we care about. My name is Josue Cardona, and with me are my wonderful co-hosts, Link Keller. Hello. And Laura Taylor. Hey. All right, Link, what are we talking about today? I wanted to talk about resistance stories, and I'm sure um, (laughs) that the reason why is uh, extremely apparent. Um, yeah. It's because we are currently existing within um, a, a revolution. I, I feel comfortable saying that. Um, so I thought it would be a good time to talk about those kinds of stories um, yeah. that we see in in pop culture that that we personally uh, relate to. And um, yeah, that's what I wanted to talk about. <laughs> I, I love resistance stories. I um I think they feel good. Uh, I think they have shaped my way of thinking and I've seen, I've seen these memes about you fucked up because Gen Z grew up on dystopian resistance stories. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> like they're ready to go. What do you, you, you picked a fight with the wrong generation. Uh, <laughs> I, I love that. Cause I'm like, I, 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 I hope that's true. I really, really, I would love to see, you know, like those, those connections later on. It's like, we look at everything we accomplished and, uh, like these stories inspired me, yeah, and I, I think that's happening. Yeah, what are what are some of the resistance stories that you really like? The, Star Wars, the last Star Wars movie. <laughs> uh, I have, have feelings about all the Star Wars movies. One of my favorite things about it was that part at the end where all of the ships show up, and basically the message is. They, I, I wish they would have spent way more time on this, <laughs> but they they everybody shows up to to step up to the empire and they're like, there's more of us than there are of them. And I love those, those moments in movies when it's like, Oh yeah, no, no. Like there's a lot of us. If we actually came together, we could, we could make a change. Like we're being oppressed by, by fewer people, (laughs) right? Like there's way more of us. And I love those moments when that happens. The in, um, end game. That's, Mm -hmm. I mean, that may be my favorite, moment in like media period right where they like they build up this idea that there's this this being that's so so powerful and like i mean at this point when 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 the big moment happens right like in infinity war he wins and then people still even though even though there was such a loss there's still this belief that they can they can still somehow win or at least get something back, right? I love, I love like, um, I mean, it, this isn't actually possible, right? Uh, and I'm sure we'll get into some of the the failings of a lot of these stories. But like, when Tony talks about like, I want to regain everything that we lost, and not lose anything that we've gained since then. That's kind of impossible in real life. Mm-hmm. But I, but I do, the I do sentiment like the sentiment is really powerful. I love mm-hmm. the idealism of it in the story, and the fact that to do that everybody had to come together and that moment like i'm tearing up just just thinking about it because i that it's like i get goosebumps yeah they had 20 movies to like have that moment right but all of these people came together people that were literally dead (laughs) before came back to all fight together 
to take down the oppressor, right? It was like, no, like you cannot get away with this, but only if we come together is it going to 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 work. And I, lo- I love it whenever that happens. Newsies is another one that I really like. <laughs> I freaking <laughs> love Newsies. I love Newsies so much. If you've never seen Newsboys, uh, Newsies, it's about the Newsboys of uh, in New York City during... What year is it? Like nineteen, early nineteen hundreds, right? Do you remember the year? Do you know the year? No, mm, no. But basically, it's like the the newspapers are manipulating, or not manipulating. Like they're ter- they're taking advantage of these kids who sell the newspapers for them, and so the kids realize, like, oh wait a minute, like they're they're living high and mighty up there, and they're they're glass towers and uh, gold everything. They're so rich. And then they're paying us very, very little to to sell their product. And we're all poor, but there's so many of us. What if we just go on strike? And all of these kids go on strike. And the real history is a little bit different, right? But basically, these very young people uh, all go on strike and take down these companies and or the, the giant newspapers and are, are able to like get better wages and and just just saying no, you know, and it's, it's also musical. It's Disney. I really like that movie a lot. <laughs> Very young Christian Bale. It's a, it's great. Those are some of my favorites. <laughs> what about you, Lara? There are so many geeky resistance stories. It is like the thing. Mm-hmm. Um, Star Wars, of course, like one of my favorites, even though for some reason I identify more with the rebellion and the resistance, but I have like imperial symbols all over my house and my car and they look cooler. whatever. They, they look cooler. <laughs> and Darth Vader is the like, he's the redeemed character. Anyway, true, true. Um, I really like um, Hunger Games. Mm-hmm. That is like Katniss is my favorite. Uh I just like archery, but you know, um, the resistance story there, like a bunch of kids standing up to, and that's where we, we talk about Gen Z, right. And Mm -hmm. like their resistance stories and like kids standing up to the president and the, the, the capital and like wanting to take, take back their lives. Um, things like Lord of the Rings is a resistance story. Uh, little band of people trying to overcome this big, huge, evil oppressor. Um, I was going to mention Endgame too. I think that one is really important. Uh, and I've been for the same playing reasons? for same reasons, same <laughs> reasons. Uh, and I've been playing a lot of Final Fantasy VII remake. Yeah. Yes, that's very I le- I much a good story. <laughs> I left Thank you, because I just beat the game. <laughs> yeah yesterday uh day before yesterday nice and it's amazing um very different from what i remember of the original which was also a resistance story but this one you get more detail uh and i sent a quote because i know josue hasn't uh hasn't finished the game or even played that much of the game but i sent a quote to be fair i've played through the i've played at least this far through the original (laughs) okay (laughs) okay multiple times and it's not that different (laughs) it's not that well there are some no there are things that are 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 different there are some things there are some things i know but like as far as the resistance and stuff goes i think i think but something really hit me 
the last line changed it a little bit for me, but there was, or not the last line, one of the middle lines changed it for me, but I like the whole quote from Barrett, who is such a, I don't remember him being such an asshole (laughs) uh, from the first game, but uh, I think there's a lot more dialogue, so it lets you have some more flavor for who he is, but he's still, he's an asshole with a heart of gold. Uh, And the quote that hit me the other day when I was playing is, a good man who serves a great evil is not without sin. He must recognize and accept his complicity. He must open his eyes to the truth that his corporate masters are profiting from the planet's pain. Only then can he redeem himself. And I just was like, holy shit. This game is hitting everything right now. And they wrote the dialogue a long time ago. (laughs) (laughs) So how did Animal Crossing and Final Fantasy VII know to come out now when we needed them? Either time travel or it's a conspiracy. <laughs> a time travel conspiracy. Ooh, could be both. <laughs> um, but yeah, Final Fantasy VII Remake has been... Uh, I love it so much. And they fleshed out so many of the characters in the Resistance there. Um, they let you see more of Avalanche and how they work together. And um, I don't know. It's just... Ugh. So good, and it brings me back to my childhood, which Gen Z is not the only generation that has been growing up watching resistance stories. <laughs> I didn't write the memes, I'm just telling you what the memes are saying. But the memes, the memes are correct in that Gen Z is watching all these stories about kids rising up. <laughs> yeah, think, yeah. The thing is that you're reading all the books that have been written for Gen Z. That's that's a thing. <laughs> Uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, but Harry Potter was more a millennial thing. It's true, it's true, it's true. Uh, yeah. Sort of. I mean, resistance yeah. stories are, are ageless, honestly. Um, I think specifically referring to the, the Gen Z memes, it's more along the lines of like their culture is specifically steeped in those kinds of stories, specifically, you know, the dystopian uh, rise against fascist by teens it's like mm-hmm. specifically a story that is is very prevalent right now. Um, it has been so. Yeah, I mean, it's been the yeah, most popular it's, it's like yeah. I mean, it's pretty clear to see why that kind of story resonates with teens at all, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Resistance stories. The teens are going through a part of their development where they are separating themselves from other people and their family members and trying to form their own personal identity. A lot of that is is resisting to other people. And so of course that that you know resonates really well with that age demographic, but of course it also resonates with um you know people who have to deal with oppression in general in adult life in systemic ways. And so um we see that you know these kinds of stories resonate with us as as well, even though we are not seventeen year olds. Yeah. <laughs> I also just thought of a favorite that is hitting an even younger generation. Uh, the the new Shira mm-hmm. is all about resistance, and I'm closer to the end of the series than I thought I was. Uh, I thought I was back in <laughs> season two. I'm on season four. We're about halfway <laughs> through season four, uh, but yes. That one's all about resistance oh, yeah. and about power of being friends and working together <laughs> and like playing to people's strengths and people having different roles. And it's so good. Yeah. 
Are we, are, do our examples feet, uh, meet the description of a resistance stories as you wanted to discuss it today? Yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, uh, I would add, uh, you, I mean, you t- touched on Harry Potter. That was a big one for me mm-hmm. growing up. Um, a lot of the uh, Tamara Pierce books are, are about resistance, um, whether to, you know, oppressive forces or outdated social norms. Um, uh, those really resonated with me as a teen. Um, more recently, She-Ra is an ex- incredible example. I love that. I love She-Ra. Mm-hmm. I cannot wait until you finish it so that... So we can talk about all the things... Well, I mean, mm. you say talk, but it's mostly just going to be like squeeing, just gay screams. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> cool. Just <laughs> <laughs> that will be the whole conversation, that, yeah. right there. Yep, pretty much. That I mean, that was basically me watching the entire last season. <laughs> that was me playing Final Fantasy VII remake. Yeah, I'm just saying it's is pretty dope. Um, but yeah, yeah, I, I think that, like like I said before, obviously it really resonates with, um, you know, young adults, but it, it resonates with, with anybody, especially people who are oppressed now, black people, other people of color, queer people, disabled people, um, all, all mentally unwell people, all sorts of people have to deal with oppressive systems and hearing stories about resisting those oppressive systems are really, really important for us. We need to, you know, not only know that resistance is an option, but like what resistance looks like in those kinds of situations, how to recognize the systems that need to be resisted against. Those are all the things that we're picking up from, you know, media f- fictional media and and uh non-fictional stuff um th- that's all yeah. the the information that we're we're gathering from these kinds of stories and that that makes them really powerful for us and really important but of course um you know media is never that straightforward and there are some issues with before before we get to the to the, to the critique if you don't mind okay yeah okay um, I there was a on the latest as of today I think it's the latest um John Oliver um was it last week tonight with John Oliver mm-hmm. and at the end of the episode he plays a video and I I wish I remember I don't remember her name but she's a black woman who is talking at the end of the video it's like I think she was interviewed by a news um cast somewhere right it's like reporters on the street and they start talking to her and she's like John Oliver just ends the episode with her like lets her have the last word and and it's incredible and she's talking about how a, a lot of the stuff that Trevor Noah said earlier in the week and and how you know like we like they don't own anything so like what the fuck um. do they care about about this other place uh like burning down like it's not affecting like people talk about like oh we're like burning down our own community but we don't own our community we don't own anything like just lots of powerful words but at the end she said something the last word she said were and they're lucky that we're looking for equality and not not revenge revenge. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right and and i bring that up because I i haven't seen a good revenge story in a while but when i was a teenager when I was a kid, those were my favorite stories. 
it was like I hated the world. So I loved these stories of of revenge. Like the Count of Monte Cristo is like I don't know why I said it in Spanish. The Count of Monte Cristo is like the, the, my favorite. <laughs> it's it's probably like my favorite one of my favorite stories. It's about this guy who like they just they just they just screw him over and then he gets sent to jail and then he basically trains and becomes like an aristocrat and he becomes really rich and then comes back to his town and then screws over everybody that screwed him over. That was like the kind of story that I grew up on that I loved and I resonated mm-hmm. with. Josue, we're the same person. Like I like Braveheart and Gladiator are two good revenge stories. And there's some of my favorite Braveheart is my favorite movie. Uh, Forget Mel Gibson, but I love it is my favorite movie. So yeah. Yeah. Revenge stories. But, but like now I don't, I don't think revenge is super healthy. (laughs) No. Right. So I feel way better about these resistance stories where we're all coming together and either taking back something that was taken from us um, or, or, or toppling, right. This, this empire that has been so oppressive and just so horrible, like taking so much and just taking advantage. Um, I, I feel it's way, it's a way healthier way to start viewing the world because I used to see the world like, like uh, in a, like it was like, I wanted a revenge fantasy, right? Like that was, Mm -hmm. that was me when I was younger. And I, but I love the idea that, People are growing up with the idea that if we come together, we can win. It doesn't have to be like, just go murder the person that did something to you. Like that doesn't fix anything. Right. right. In some cases, in some stories, it kind of, it kind of maybe balances the scales a little bit. Right. But ultimately you're both screwed over. Like it's not, it's not the same. So, so when I saw that at the end of the episode, um, it, it hit me so hard. It hit me so hard. And I, I mean, it's super powerful, but just that, that idea when we're talking about these stories, I'm, I'm so glad that we have so many stories that again, I think, I think they're definitely healthier and in, and more realistic. We're going to get to that now, like, right. Like, like what, like where they, where they kind of um, fall apart. But, Mm. but I love the concept, right. That, that you can, that if we, that if we come together, we can we can accomplish something. Versus, hell yeah, me alone on my own. I'm gonna go on this vendetta, and I'm going to to fix things because that's way harder. <laughs> it's yeah, way harder I mean, because honestly, you are yeah, like like you on your own. Like Count of Monte Cristo is the is like the exception. Like he gets so he just gets so much. Like he basically finds not basically he literally finds a, a, a hidden treasure. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Right. And then he uses that treasure and then he uses money and influence to take down all his enemies. But in real life, we don't most people will never accomplish that. You will not be as powerful as the person who is more powerful than you. So <laughs> how do you combat that? Yeah. And mm-hmm. and so I like these stories a lot. Well, that's yeah. why I like Braveheart, how it shifts from his revenge story and becomes a resistance story where yeah. everybody comes together and he doesn't get a happy ending, but the rest of them get a somewhat happy ending until history continues. So <laughs> <laughs> and if we just pause the movie here, everybody lives happily ever after and everybody goes sleep now. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, I'll tell you, that, isn't that how like Red Dead Redemption, I think, ends that way? 
Mm-hmm. Like you, yeah, everything's great. And then, yeah, it skips ahead a little bit, and then it's like, oh no, we're gonna come kill you anyway. So it's like, oh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I agree with what you're saying, Josue. There's definitely something like incredibly powerful about stories that are about coming together and community power like that that is such a beautiful thing um and i i would say honestly in in my opinion that that is that right there is the the main sticking point with a lot of resistance stories is that they end up focusing more on a single person and less on the idea of we're more powerful together and i recognize a lot of the time that's just because stories have a, a main character a protagonist protagonist yeah <laughs> but um it, it does create this sort of feedback loop where that there is uh an individual who is exceptional in some way and is is able to resist against their their oppressors and in one way that frames them as being, you know, an agentic being. They have the the power to choose to resist. But in in another way, it sort of over relies on the idea of individual strengths because it focuses on like, oh, you have to choose to resist instead of like, well, we all got to do it together. <laughs> yeah. And um it that can sort of backfire into this making um a hero basically instead of a movement um which isn't inherently bad but it can undercut the idea of like resistant movements as as a community action yeah i mean i think i think we're so used to the idea people asking like who's the leader who's the face of it Mm -hmm. no it's a leaderless movement and it's like how is that possible (laughs) <laughs> that's the that's the whole point of Hunger Game. <laughs> None of my resistance stories lack a protagonist. What are you we're talking about? <laughs> yeah, I would definitely say that's that's particularly an American, uh, United States American thing. Um, partly because of our uh, cultural push towards individualism, but also because of American exceptionalism as a concept and. Uh, if you want to talk, ab- I mean, if you want to talk about that is we can talk about, um, like I was doing some research earlier and there's literally a whole Wikipedia page that's about movies about resistance that center white people <laughs> as the, as the savior, as, as the as white a- savior. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so it's like, th- those are the kinds of resistant narratives that can be undermined y- y- is that am i being clear about that i don't yeah i feel yeah. like i'm not explaining myself very well 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 like I, I was gonna say before too that it's like it's easier to tell the story if you mm-hmm. if you see like you talk about martin luther king and mm-hmm. you don't talk about all the other thousands of people right it's like you just focus on one person or you just focus on gandhi and you don't focus on like all the other people who were involved like it's hard to to, to have a movie where there's no protagonist. And I think it's difficult to tell a story in general and talk about, oh, this movement, this thing. Like, how do we... Who's the protagonist? Like, how do we tell that story? Yeah, and that and uh, that, I think that's that reasoning what, I think that's is used... Yeah. That reasoning... And I get it. It's like we need, you know, a, a self-insert person to to be able to, like, empathize with the characters, I guess, is the the idea mm-hmm. there. It's like, I can, I can empathize without 
like a full on protagonist hero, but uh, it's like the the Rosa Parks story. Um, My understanding of it, right, is that the Rosa Parks situation happened, had already happened before, but the girl that would have been. I don't even remember her name, right? Like to, to the point of this, mm-hmm. I'm also not a not like a historian of anything, but that the girl, I think she had been pregnant when she was younger. She was, yeah, she was like a, a 15, 15 and a half year old girl on the bus and was in in her seat and said, "It's my right to stay here," and didn't get yep. up. Yep. And the movement was like, "Oh my gosh, this is perfect," but people are going to come at you. And if we use uh, a young woman who's had a child out of wedlock, people aren't going to take us. Uh, it was the, the marketing department came through and was like, the numbers don't work. It's, 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 it's respectability stuff. And, yeah. and honestly, that's, that's a whole nother layer of these kinds of resistance stories is who gets to, you know, who gets to write these resistance stories? Is it the people who are resisting or the people who are watching the resistance? Who, who gets to tell them? Is it the people who, you know, were on the front lines? Sometimes not because they died. Other people have Mm -hmm. to tell those stories. And so it's a, a lot of the times we get this sort of like this smoothing out and and diminishment of resistant stories in an effort to make them more marketable. And um, I, yeah, I think that's, that is the, that is the bummer. This is why I like the March comics trilogy, the, uh, by representative John Lewis. Um, The first book was all they were going to do. Um, and he wanted it to be his story and his story of being in the civil rights movement. Um, and then they realized they needed to do two more books, uh, to kind of fill out the story and make it like people wanted more in schools, wanted more to be able to use this comic to teach children. Um, and he got uncomfortable when they started, writing about other people because it wasn't his story and he didn't know exactly what had happened um in other situations he like the first book was mostly he was in the room every time he was writing about it mm-hmm. and so the rest of it they did so much research and so many details about um things that people didn't even know uh happened and you get a lot of these other names and it, there's less of a protagonist in the other two books and it's more informational. So there are, if you do it correctly, you can do it multiple ways and have your pro- protagonist that you can uh, empathize with and still get your story for a, a, a variety of stories and a variety of experiences. When, when you started talking about that, it almost sounded to me like you were saying that John Lewis wanted to write a story where he was the hero but no, that's, that's not what you were saying. I know, I know, I know. But it sounded to me like that. Mm-hmm. What you and what, what you were saying was that he he could only tell the story that he knew exactly, which is what happened when he was there, right? Like there were the civil rights movement was like it was it was, it was you know in the whole country, right? Like many places, mm-hmm. but he was only in one person in one place, mm-hmm. so he could only tell that story. I heard right. someone say recently, um, I, I don't remember where or who, <laughs> but they said the history is written 
by the people who show up. Mm-hmm. And like meaning that it's written by whoever wants to write the story. Not like I've heard it in the past, like history is written by the ones who win. But like if someone if there's a if there's a a battle, quote unquote, right? And then someone wins, but they don't care about telling the story, it's not gonna be told. Like you need to tell the story to be able to for it to be told, right? <laughs> you need to write mm-hmm. it down. It needs to be documented. And and that's a big part of of these these resistance stories, the 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 nonfiction ones. I don't know why every time I'm like I come up with fiction really quick and then when I want to say like real life, I can't think of not the word nonfiction. <laughs> um but it's it's <laughs> that right like, like we need <laughs> fiction and and the bad stuff the other you know <laughs> oh, what's that other thing oh i forget the word Ah, <laughs> uh, that terrible reality <laughs> the, the other one then the, the the not fiction non-fiction there we go so so yeah so i i like this right he's like i don't uh, what i'm hearing you say is that john lewis said i can't i can't write another person's story because like, I, I wasn't i wasn't there mm-hmm. but then we we need to write those stories. We need to tell those stories. I think that's one of the that's a big part of what's happening now is that stories that were already told but weren't being listened to are receiving a lot of attention now, and it it makes it's making it bigger, right? It's it's making the movement bigger because people are saying like, oh wait a minute, these people said this thing years ago or this happened this isn't the first time it happens and now we can document it and we're and we're seeing it and the whole okay so <laughs> i'm sorry if i'm derailing uh your point a little Do Lara, it. but sways riled up everybody <laughs> i'm pretty i'm pretty riled up you know how in how in the fictional movies you know who the bad guy is because mm-hmm. you see them do bad things at the beginning. And they play uh, <laughs> violin stings that are real, real low. Yeah, and they don't use sounding. iPhones. <laughs> they do not <laughs> use iPhones. <laughs> yeah, in the newer stories. Um, there's, like, you you have to see them do a horrible thing so that then when the resistance comes through, everybody's riled up and you're like, oh, yeah, like, take them down because we just saw them do a horrible thing. Mm-hmm. So that, I think, has been... I mean, this is my opinion, right? But that's the catalyst right now is that not only did we see one horrible thing happen to to George Floyd, but then we have countless <laughs> versions of horrible things that have happened. And then there's more every day, right? Like mm-hmm. it's happening. Like you're seeing the first part of the movies play out where you see the bad guy being a bad guy or you see the bad things happening. And then... Like, then that moves the people, right? So it's it's so amazing to see that happening now. Like, this isn't new technology, right? <laughs> like, we, we've had cell phones and video cameras and, and the internet and YouTube for a long, long time. You could record a blurry flip phone video. A couple of years. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like and people 10 did. 10 years ago. <laughs> and people did, right? But like, but you couldn't during the civil rights movement, right? Like, no, you couldn't. But now it's so easy. And I've been, I've been, I've been telling people like TikTok has been, has been amazing for, for just learning right now. The fact that things are hitting me in in less than a minute long, right? I am seeing so many things, uh, almost it's, it's a little too much at times. I need to take breaks, but Mm -hmm. the same platform that was giving me the funniest things I'd ever seen in my life a couple weeks ago is now giving me the most real things in the world. 
and people's messages and recordings and and yeah so like it's no it's no surprise that we are in the middle of a movement right now there is this huge resistance story playing out i but when i compare it to the movies i feel like oh yeah because like we get to see that part the movies don't just tell you like what is it like i mean like when star wars starts scrolling like you you you're told that the empire is bad right but then like you see stormtroopers and and darth vader mess some shit up Right? It's like okay, 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 yeah, yeah they are pretty. Uh, they, bad. they do and, the uh, the extremely classic uh, shorthand for this is a bad guy is where they use violence against their own team members, <laughs> like Darth Vader constantly choking his workers. Is like <laughs> that's how you know. Okay, those are th- that's seriously the shorthand. It's it's they do violence against their own workers or they kill a dog. That's how you know that someone is evil. That is the sh- <laughs> cinema shorthand for that's an evil person. I mean, Star Wars also has a giant ship looming over you at the beginning yeah. as an opening shot, and then they explode a planet where your protagonist's parents in live. in the first like twenty minutes. Yeah, at, yeah, yeah. At right the, so, at the longest. Right, yeah. right. So that's what I'm saying. Right. It's like just in case you weren't sure that the Empire was bad, like we told you, but let's let's show you something. So then it's like, oh yeah, the Rebel Alliance is fighting against this. Right? That's they where I this. think it might be interesting with kids watching from the beginning with the prequels and not getting that initial like, oh, Darth Vader is bad. Well, well, well. So, so using that, that, um, I like this frame of uh, thinking. It's like people, like black people, have been living the prequels. Mm-hmm. They've been they right? like they saw it happening, mm-hmm. and then it's like. I don't know, like the rest of the country came in in episode four and they're like, oh, the empire is bad? Like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Bad. yeah, we, are, yeah, yeah. we are racist. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Oops, Maybe I should go racist. back to the prequels. Oh, the prequels show how it all happened slowly, surely, through manipulation, through politics, right? Like, like mm-hmm. there's, there's, there are parallels there, right? It's like, oh, no, mm-hmm. no, we can do this. We can do this through that type of power. Right, like the, by the time episode four comes up again, they're exploding planets. In the mm-hmm. first one, they're like, "Let's let's switch a senator here and there. Let's yeah. let's let's talk about a trade agreement. And if we do this, <laughs> we can we can get pretty far." Um, does do those do those work? Do those uh, comparisons work, Link? Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Star Wars. Yeah. Star Wars. Star, Star Wars, Wars is definitely resistance stories. Yeah. There's a show called The Resistance. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Star Wars Resistance. That's true. Yeah. There's also one called Rebels. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The Geek Therapy Network and all of our projects are made possible by the supportive listeners like you. You can become a patron for as little as $1 a month and gain access to exclusive content, behind-the-scenes stories, swag, and more. Sign up at any tier and we'll send you a welcome kit in the mail anywhere in the world to celebrate your first month. Thank you so, so much for supporting us. We couldn't do it without you. You can learn more at patreon.com slash geek therapy. Yeah, I do. I do think a lot of the conversations that I'm seeing going on right now around the Black Lives Matter protests, um, <sighs> you know, you're talking about Josue um, getting to see the oppressor's violence in mm-hmm. the beginning of the story and yeah. how this is for a lot of people, this is the the beginning of the story that they're getting to see this violence being enacted out. Um, it's, it's important to recognize that, you know, 
the Star Wars and, and other fictional stories are great places to start, but we, you know, they're, they're entertainment pieces and real life resistance is, is violent because we are resisting against violence being put upon us. And, um, it's not always as entertaining and exciting and full of swelling John Williams music. Uh, it's never. <laughs> Unless no. you have it on your headphones or blasting it on a speaker at a protest, but that is not the reality. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah. I mean, it's it's things like, I don't know, like Hunger Games. Right? Like, like, how does Katniss survive the f- to the fourth movie, right? Like, in, a, in, in real life, how is that even guaranteed? Right, these especially those hero figures, mm-hmm. who the bullets never hit them, and things don't fall, like they don't they don't they don't get hurt. Yeah, they never get hurt. And in then those you stories. you contrast that to real life and and the protesters from Flint, Michigan, who um, mysteriously died uh, and stuff like that. And um, like yeah. if you would have pepper sprayed. Um, Katniss in the first movie, she'd have been down. That's it. She, right? she, gets, That's the she movie. gets hurt, Josue. She almost dies several times. <laughs> but not like, but she's the hero. So she, you know in the end she's not going to die. You can look at movies like Rogue One where they all die. Mm-hmm. Spoilers. That movie is so old now. We've spoiled it on so many episodes, Josue. Te- technically, the original Star Wars spoiled that for you. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so you can look at Rogue One where all of them die. They're resistance members, they're rebels, and they fought till the end, and they're gone. Um, yeah. But they die when they accomplish their mission, right? Like, they didn't They didn't die during. Like, That's true. There's that part where the blind guy is, like, not getting hit at all. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, that is true. <laughs> But but he also has the magical force with him. So, yeah. yeah. Like I like video games where you're playing and your character dies. There's like a permadeath, and then someone else comes and and like you're still continuing the story as the player. But there's like this recognition that like there's a, it's dangerous, right? Like you could mm-hmm. you could lose, mm-hmm. um, something. And and in real life, there's a lot that you can lose. Like mm-hmm. your life, and um lots of other things yep so it's hard it's hard it's that's what makes it almost more incredible it's like we don't have what is the realistic we don't have enough of those stories that like show you how dangerous it is right it's like they can well we do but they don't get the same the same attention in our pop culture okay true 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 there, I mean, oh, oof. I went, like I said, I was doing research earlier and I, I literally, I just Googled like resistant narrative, resistance narratives. And there is um, a whole Wikipedia page of movies about World War II resistance. Hmm. Just lots of those movies. Um, when I looked at... Like resistance you know, so, of... Um... Resisting Nazis. Oh, yeah, resisting, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, german encampment and such but um it just you know very focused on world war ii yeah. uh oh i saw jojo then, rabbit last year did you guys watch yeah that? That i have yeah, not that seen was, jojo rabbit that one counts. it does yeah. that was that was a, a fun movie i yeah. i enjoyed myself yeah. i love taika waititi so mm-hmm. 
whatever he wants. Yep. Uh, <laughs> You'll give him all your money. Yeah. But then when I think about stuff like um, Haiti gaining their in- independence, like I, we don't see pop culture, you know, multi-million dollar movies made about that story of resistance. Or, um, you know, there are movies about Native American resistance, but I, you know, I can't think of one that was like a hot, a hot blockbuster that everybody went to see in movie theaters. It's, you know, you have to go searching for it at, at your local library or have access to, um, you know, documentaries and stuff like that. And I, I wish that there were more examples like that. Yeah. Um, I feel like that's the stuff that we're missing a lot of. So it's like you said, it's like we don't we don't they, they exist, but we don't get to see them a lot of the times because that's not the stories that end up getting spread around. That's not the stories that are, uh, you know, going to make the most amount of money, which is what unfortunately tends to be the, the main motivation for most entertainment media these days. Yeah. I feel like now is a good time for Mulan to come out. <laughs> I mean, is it though? Because Disney's Mulan is not. We're not talking about historical accuracy. We're not talking about historical accuracy. No, no. Although yeah. she does just join the military, doesn't she? Yeah. 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 So I don't know. I don't know, but she's resisting. And they're mm-hmm. and they're resisting a uh, conqueror trying to come. So, <laughs> yeah, she's mm-hmm. resisting smooching the other guy because she can't let him know that she's a girl. That's the resistance. You don't know that that's gonna. Yes, we do know that's gonna happen in the live action, <laughs> but you don't know what it's gonna be like. They've done some differences in their live action movies. So, who boy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's unfortunately a lot of what we're talking about is we're getting most of the the best resistance narratives are coming from fiction, are coming from fantasy and and sci fi stories. Um, not a lot of great examples of actual history getting spread around. I'm trying to think of like Selma is a good movie. <laughs> I'm trying to think of like the the types of resistance stories we were taught in like in school and you know we already brought up Rosa Parks but I didn't learn you know the true story about that until way 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 yeah. after I was done with grade school <laughs> um it all you know Christopher Columbus and so many other figures um that we learn about in school that you know, we can absolutely frame inside of that. Oh, the resistance. Yeah, that's that's dope as hell. And then later find out that it's um, uh, a, a, an extremely edited version of events mm-hmm. that yeah. oftentimes sort of reveals that you weren't actually resisting against the oppressor. You were wanting to oppress more. And that's that's a bummer. <laughs> The thing that bothered me the most about Star Wars Episode 7 was the fact that when it started, it turns out that the Rebel Alliance, when you finish the sixth movie, you think that you won. And then when you come back 30 years later, you find out that not only have you not won, but you're worse off than you were when the last time you checked in. And... 
thinking us talking now, it makes me think that. Was it too close to reality for you? That may be the most realistic (laughs) part of Star Wars. Uh oh. <laughs> yeah. Cause, cause like, Lara, you just mentioned Selma, right? It's like, yeah, no, that's an amazing movie. And you talk about the civil rights movement. But and if we could just pause at the end of the movie. But then, like, uh. if you skip forward till today, right? It's like, oh, wait a minute. It's the, yeah, we're fighting for the same things still. Mm-hmm. What happened? Like, yeah. The, 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 so we're the, 50 years out and we're still having to have the same. Yeah. Argument conversation. The empire like, became the, the empire became the first order and their and their death star is bigger, right? It's like that is so <laughs> depressing. And again, like it makes me angry when I think about when I <laughs> it still makes me I'm an angry nerd. It still makes me angry about uh, about because because I feel I, I, again, I I I live uh <laughs> these pop culture stories, but it felt it felt like like it robbed us of something that we that we that we won right like for years i thought we won and then you realize that you didn't and that is that is so that's so heartbreaking mm-hmm. yeah and i mean yeah the, yeah i do think there is there is something very poignant about basically saying that your your work is never done you're always going to have to be resisting against oppressive forces against systems that don't serve what the people actually need um and so it's like you get that we won feeling but it's like okay you know hit the showers and we're doing it again tomorrow baby (laughs) i don't don't talk a lot about the fact that that i was born in puerto rico that i'm puerto rican um there's a lot of things that have happened in puerto rico's history that the people have done that i feel i feel a lot of pride about and just last year, which feels like way more than a year ago, the like the city, the, the the city, the whole the whole island of Puerto Rico, like protested against its governor, and there were three different governors in the span of a week. Mm-hmm. Now, ultimately, the the conclusion of it felt somewhat satisfying, but there was real no real change. In many ways, it just like you just let it continue. Which is which is a sad part about that. It's just like when I was younger, the whole uh, the island protested when they tried to privatize different parts of the island, and like the whole island was shut down for days. So like you couldn't like the highways didn't work. Like, you couldn't access buildings. Like the economy shut down. Everything shut down, and and it worked. And there was um, like something was stopped. But then like over time everything else got privatized eventually. Like people just stopped fighting because they were given a little bit and they were, and they were satisfied. So I'm, I'm so happy to see like, <laughs> like I wish I kind of, I want to see a star Wars movie in between six and seven where there's a group of people saying like, don't sleep on this. Like the, the empire is still up to no good. They're, they're like recouping over here. Don't let this happen. And kind of see <laughs> what what that story would be like because I think we're seeing that now. And I think we're, I think yeah. we're seeing that in the Mandalorian, possibly. Uh, maybe, maybe, but like possibly. But like, <laughs> I'm, I, I, we don't know where that story is going, but there could be a book or something like that too in the in the expanded universe that might hit a little more like what we're seeing now. Well, but like ultimately, it it doesn't it whatever that movie is, it doesn't work, right? Um, sadly. But 
in real life, I think we're seeing that, right? Like there's constantly mm-hmm. talks. We're we're only two weeks into this. What I what I expect and hope will will last longer than that. And there's constant talks of like, hey, we should if we get if we get this, that's that's good. But the conversations that that I'm seeing and the 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 momentum seems to keep moving, right? Instead mm-hmm. of instead of like, hey, we got the <laughs> Cops got canceled. <laughs> right? I mean, yeah. like, I think that that's pretty cool that cops got canceled for whatever reasons, even if it's just to make Paramount look good. But it feels like a win. But I'm I'm glad that it doesn't feel like a win, and like we, we can we can all go to sleep now. It's like no 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 no. Mm-hmm. Like we've got momentum. We got this. There's more that we can do. That's that's not enough. Like that doesn't really accomplish the goal. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. I was watching the Oprah special that was on last night and is continuing tonight and i think the next night um call what is uh where do we go from here um and there was a conversation on that um about what kind of asks that that people should be having and like what is too big of an ask and they're like right now nothing is too big of an ask keep asking and pushing for more yeah because and, you'll and like, get I don't, uh, something. <laughs> so much has happened in these last two weeks. I don't know what is. I don't know the order of things anymore. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah. um, but I know that last week, Oprah supported the eight, the eight thing, the eight. Do you remember? Do you know what it's called? Like eight at something. Eight eight for eight or something. It was yeah, something like that. Right? It was like eight for now. I think it's eight for now. Right. Uh, it was like. Let's do like this is a tangible like oh like there's protests and nobody knows what we want. Actually, here's eight things that we want. And Oprah, like Oprah, like wh- who's who's going against Oprah? Well, tons of people were like, no, 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 that's not enough. Eight Shut can't up. Wait. The what? Eight, eight can't, can't wait. Eight can't yeah, wait. Eight can't it. wait. Um, eight for now is like more uh, apt of uh, to, to yeah. the to the <laughs> to the critique that it was receiving, mm-hmm. right? But it was mm-hmm. like. You were hearing people say like, oh, yeah, no, no, like usually Oprah's a leader, but actually, no, like that's not enough. We're not going to do it. So like mm-hmm. these conversations, are like, it, it keeps moving, right? I mean, there's something, I mean, and we're talking here about media always and the stories that we're, we're hearing now, the the analysis and all of this is coming fast and furious and it's a lot. It's so, so much, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Um, but but I'm again like I'm I'm glad to see that because it it's it's always a sad moment when when you when you get that return of the jedi moment where you think you won just to realize that they want they wanted you to think that you won yes you know? yes no. there's definitely uh, I mean gosh I I think a, a star wars movie about complacency within the resistance leading to its falling apart and needing to be reformed would be a, a dope ass movie. Yeah. I would totally see that. Yeah. Um, there's but, a, there's a book about That's a uh, Leia movie. That's that's a oh, Leia yeah. that's a there's a book about Leia and the complacency in the Senate following uh Return of the Jedi. Th- that's true. Like she's the only yeah. one left at the beginning basically. She is the resistance. Right. right. She's the one that's like, up. you guys are stupid. This is yeah. where you get it, Josue. She's yeah. saying, you guys are stupid. We're this, these things are going wrong. We need to check this out. There's um, there's uh, the book Bloodlines, I think, is the one I'm thinking mm-hmm. of where she's thinking about these things. And yeah. it's like she's discounted because she is the child of Darth Vader. 
Yeah. And so people don't want to listen to her. And so then we get the second coming of the Empire. Yeah. Um, because hmm. people don't want to listen. Yep. I did not think um, Star Wars would be so helpful during this conversation. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Did you? It's, did you really a, think it wouldn't? It's a, it's a good uh, cultural touchstone for many generations. There's there's a reason. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah, I would, you know, I, speaking of complacency and, and you know, respectability in resistance any resistance that is defined as acceptable by the oppressors is is not resistance you have to be actively going against their their needs and their desires um so (laughs) yeah we uh, definitely need to see more more stories that really focus on that part i think uh, yeah. Especially right now, when when I'm seeing so so many conversations about um, o- o- appropriateness in in your resistance against oppressors who want to kill you, <laughs> uh, no, yeah. now is not the time for that conversation. So, so the the Matrix trilogy, some of my favorite movies of all time. Yes. Great story of yes, of resistance and right. also uh, an example of um, white savior. So yes. hey, yes, both. double double yep. example Checking right there. some boxes. Yep. Yeah. But in the second, at the end of the second movie, the machines are basically like, "Hey, man, this has happened. This is the seventh time that y'all have resisted, and it always ends the same." Here's the deal: you pick a few people to survive. We wipe out this group over here. You guys get to keep going, but you feel like you won. We reset everything and we get back to normal. What do you think? Mm, get back to normal. And then the mm-hmm. story, right? Like the, the, the amazing thing is that you're told this is the seventh time that we've gotten away with it or that we've gotten away with it six times before. And Neo is the first one who says no. And then after that, you get a whole other third movie <laughs> Which is the fallout of that and like the the battle and where you see Zion and everybody is actually joining in the fight where apparently six times before someone in Neo's position, probably a white savior, made the decision for everybody of what was best and just took a deal and then got everything back to normal. But not this time. This time it was completely different. And... Another reason why I love the the Matrix trilogies. <laughs> so good. You don't usually get that third movie. Why didn't you bring it up at the beginning, Josue? Well, I mean, it was on my list of stuff when I thought about it during the week, but it just like now it became more relevant because I was I wasn't I was thinking about it in the fact that it is a resistance, right? It's like something doesn't feel right. We like I don't. What do we do, right? So we, it's very the movie starts very tactical, right? It's like no, we're going to save one person here, one person there. We're going to tell them the truth. We're going to start, you know, slowly building up this resistance. By the second movie, right, it's like you see the big picture. The big bad is telling you his plan. He's like, it's it's inevitable. Like, don't even don't even worry about it. If you leave, we're just going to we're just going to kill you. Like, we're, we're actually being nice by offering this up to you. And then I don't know. I think I think I've never I've seen these movies so many times and I love them so much for these reasons, but I'd never connected them to the real world like I am now mm-hmm. in this conversation. 
Like the third movie mm-hmm. is just fuck you, <laughs> fuck you, machines. We're actually not going to <laughs> to do what has happened six times before. This time is different. You could argue about what actually happens at the end and whether or not uh, the the the, philo- the philosophical arguments made at the end um, are a whole other episode to to discuss. But but that's what the third movie is, right? The third movie is what is it? It's, um, reloaded and revolutions right like third is the the revolution revolution yeah Mm -hmm. and number two is presenting this idea of like let's just reload what we did before oh so you're gonna need to watch matrix four coming soon i cannot the one that we need now yeah that's the movie we need to come out now oh yeah shit i wonder what matrix four is gonna do to my idea of well i mean it's like bittersweet at the end but holy shit now i now i want to see matrix four more I didn't think I would want that movie more, possibly, but now I want it more. Even more. Stupid coronavirus. Did we touch all the things you wanted to, to discuss, Link? Do you feel? Yeah, good? yeah, we did. I just, uh, before we wrap up, I did, you know, we, we touched a, a tiny bit about video games. Um, of course, there, there are lots of examples. The, um, Wolfenstein games Mm -hmm. uh, and stuff like that. Um, I would say that the Stanley Parable is a really good example of resistance within a system. Um, It is uh, very much metaphorical in that way, but I think it's a a really solid place for starting to have conversations about what, you know, what does resistance, what does resistance look like within an existing system and how much power do you have to move within it? Um, in order to resist and you know as we were talking about the matrix is like is the resistance actually you know allotted by the oppressor as part of it uh yeah that's that's a good place uh stanley parable um really good game very funny uh but yeah that's that's pretty much what i wanted to talk about um rage against the machine both the (laughs) matrix machines and also the uh, band well, no, we we like no. the bands. I know, I know. <laughs> we don't like all of the people who don't seem to get who the machine we're raging yeah. against is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, no, no. I've seen so many posts about that. I think it is not your mom. I promise you. <laughs> the thing that I pulled the most out of the Oprah special I watched last night and reading about these people that don't get Rage Against the Machine and don't get Star Wars and don't get all these other things. I'm like, white people are stupid. <laughs> Myself included. <laughs> yep, we're doing we're we're doing it. We're you know I'm I okay. I'm not gonna speak for you two. I am willing to make a fucking fool of myself saying stupid things that are wrong in order to be educated. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, I do not want to be shaped by white fragility. I yeah. would rather do good <laughs> and be embarrassed. <laughs> the um. The other day I was speaking with Ali Matu, friend of the show, former co-host. Remember Ali? Woo. Media um, matters. Media matters. That's right. And so we we were talking about Star Trek. And of course. He said, of course. And what else? What else, uh, what else does about? Ali talk about? By right. law. Yeah. And so <laughs> the, the idea came up that like, oh, Star Trek presents a future, an idealistic future, like a hopeful future. And I argued that it doesn't, because it it has it presents this perfect future, and then it, it it kind of skips past everything that's wrong now, 
and just says that we fixed it and doesn't really get into it makes it sound very clean right it's yeah like, we got we got rid of money and that was it just, then we got rid of racism and day, power and that was it the hum- yeah. right? just yeah. one day yeah. all of the humans decided i'm just done with all that prejudice stuff yeah, it's done That's and everybody crazy. was on board yeah. I don't know. I uh, after watching a little bit of Picard, I didn't finish Picard. I was like, mm, the Federation is so, not so, no, 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 the so, greatest thing so, ever. No, no, no. Yeah, this, is, <laughs> this is true. But I, I was sp- talking specifically about Earth because those mm-hmm. themes are still yeah. touched on um, intergalactically, right? Like with other right. alien species. But on Earth, we fixed it. It's done. And and going back to the Matrix and the Matrix in the first one, you learn that they tried to create this perfect world for humans and humans rejected it. Like it was something I've always seen it as like, like that's not, it's not real because the world can never be perfect. Like Stepford wives kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's too. No, yeah. I, I agree. There's like, humans aren't perfect and right. we don't exist within a perfect environment. And so putting us in a perfect environment, I feel like would be very disorienting. Well, and yeah. everyone's yeah. Ide- idea of what perfection is, is very different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, and, and so at the end of the matrix trilogy, when you get to the end of the third movie, the world isn't perfect. And the different groups that existed there at the beginning are still there. The machines are still a part of the world when it's all when it's all said and done. But the world is completely changed by the end of the third movie. And like I feel like we're seeing the world change right now. And that that's pretty fucking cool. Um sure is. it's amazing. Mm-hmm. And so at the end I don't think anybody is going to get everything that they want, but if the world looks different at the end of it, I think that I think that's a good good way to end a trilogy. <laughs> <laughs> or you know, jump on to another movie that Shut up, it doesn't exist yet. <laughs> <laughs> You're just so mad at the coronavirus. <laughs> Alright, that's all I got. This has been a great conversation. Thank you for having it with me, you two. Mm-hmm. Thank you for encouraging us to have the conversation. It was, it, we had no choice. It was your choice to. It was, it your, was your choice to select. this week. <laughs> you, well, you could have resisted. Could have. Oh, yep. Oh, in the episode oh. right now. Ooh, yep. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Geek Therapy. For more Geek Therapy, visit geektherapy.com. Remember to geek out and do good. We'll talk to you next week. <laughs> Resist and don't get complacent. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> This episode was brought to you in part by our Patreon supporters. We'd like to say a very special thank you to our supporters at the evangelist level and above, including Mark, Booney, Lydia, Jamila, Adam, Doe, Gay, Pat, and Joe Lynn. To learn more about how to support Geek Therapy and gain access to exclusive content, visit patreon.com slash geektherapy.